In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. everyone, it's May 31st, 2015, and you're listening to episode 101 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. And I am still not okay, you guys. Guys, it has been two weeks since the finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I think we're still locked down in the bunker. Coulson, I... what? (laughs) That was never going to go over well. I don't know. (laughs) There's no getting over that. Nope. Nope. But I gotta give him a big hand of a, cl- a hand of applause. Oh, you went there. Oh, honey, you don't even know. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, anyways. We'll get to Plus, all of that really stuff later. Finger here. Oh! <laughs> Alright, everybody, start a pun jar. I swear to God. <laughs> don't worry. It'll be full, and Rhinebeck will be paid for. <laughs> Alright, we'll talk about all of that later. Yes. We are coming to you via Skype tonight because our area, after having, what, it's been like two to three weeks of, oh my god, crazy hot weather, it's now suddenly the opening of the skies. Yeah, we've had, we've got like rainfall warnings right now, so. Rainfall and thunderstorm warnings. Yeah. There's actually a chance that, you know, the power might go out or something, but oh well. Plus, um, the uh, admin monkey and I have been putting in a backsplash in the kitchen this weekend, which means our life is in total disarray, and I have tile cement going up half my body. Yeah, not to mention that the last time we tried to record, our microphone decided to crap out. Guys, that's the other reason why we are so late. We, you know, we, Technology yeah. hates us. This particular year, 2015, technology is, for us at least, please, if anybody else has the same problem, tell us. Technology for us sucks okay we went to record and the mic died yeah there's actually it's actually before you guys start worrying though it's actually a thing that admin monkey can fix and is in the process of fixing at least last i heard yes he he is still trying it's just that um as with many projects he has sort of told me okay this was supposed to be easier than it's turning out to be and it's 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 not turning out to be that easy it's turning out to be a little bit harder so this is going to do until we get either we have a sub mic at the moment, but this will this will do for right now, just so that we don't keep going and you guys think that we've all like flounced off the face of the earth. Yeah, because we do love you, we do love you. We don't mean to do this to you, but you know what? Technology fucking hates us this year. Run off to the Caymans with all the big podcast dollars. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So speaking of podcast and things that we should be talking about. Yep. Who's going to go first? You've got more knitting than I do. You go first. Okay, so... And that, that gives me a chance to drink my drink my booze. <laughs> She's literally drinking booze tonight, people. Yes, so one of the good things about not recording as much the last couple of weeks is when we do record, it sounds amazing because we finished all these things. Because in the five weeks since we recorded, we managed to finish stuff. So I have finished my Leventry shawl. Um, that's the one that you had, the that new luscious kind of yarn that the Julian... Yes. Yeah, the... Julie Aslan yarn. Yeah. I keep thinking of Aslan. (laughs) And ta-da! Look at that! It's beautiful! It is beautiful! I love that. 
This is the one that was for the uh, Hand Knit Yarn Studio Summer Shell Knit Along. So basically the requirements for it was you had to use yarn you'd bought from them. It had to be fingering or lace weight. It had to be, the pattern had to call for at least 700 yards of yarn. And it's really nice and big and warm and cozy, which is nice because it's cold out. Yeah, no kidding. I think the high was 40 something today. Yeah, and I did mine in her uh, Millis yarn, M-I-L-I-S, which is a single ply fingering weight in the colors uh, Commodore, which is like a dark sort of bluey, slightly, you know, blue end of tealy color, and Johnny, which is a dark sort of charcoal gray. I had thought about making it a little bigger because I knew I was going to have yarn. I had more, you know, yardage than I needed. But when I got to the point of adding in the border pattern at the end, I sort of calculated how much yarn I was using per row and figured out how much yarn it would take to get to the end. And it was going to be it was gonna be a close. little close or I wouldn't have enough. So all right. Because of the increases in the increase in size. So I made the standard size, but it's still really nice and big. I did add a couple rows onto the end. Just made the, the last little row or two like a little longer. And it's fairly good autopilot knitting. Yeah, you brought that to Knit Night uh, a couple of times and that's oh, yeah. not... Yeah, that's not something you could bring something that's a, a detailed chart pattern. Yeah. But well, I mean, the main body of the shawl is like four rows of the gray and then two rows of the blue, the last of which is, you know, four rows, um, knit, purl, knit, purl. And with the blue, you do a knit row and then another knit row on the purl side to get these nice little ridges. I finished the monkey socks, mostly. I still need to kitchener the toes. What did you make those out of? Those were out of the Into the World yarn that I got at Rhinebeck last year. Oh, 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 oh yeah. In the colorway Terrians. And those are the pretty greeny, tealy, dark blue, purpley sort of socks that I was working on. And they're super pretty. And I, like I said, I still need to kitchener the toes, but I haven't been entirely motivated to do so because it's been bloody hot the last few weeks. Yeah, it has. It's, it's only been today. It's like, oh my god, did I miss summer? Did we go straight into fall? Is it October? What the hell? <laughs> Certainly feels like it today. Now, since I finished stuff, I am also working on more stuff. So I am working, still working on the, and again, this is a rough pronunciation, the Earth Shawl. It's U-R-D-R, but the D is the sort of Norse D with the curvy ascender and the slash through it, which is hard to find pronunciation guides for because Google thinks you're looking for pronunciation guides for Urdu, which is not the same thing, Google. But it's a pie shell pattern by Anna Dalvey, and I'm making it out of some of my own hand-dyed lace weight yarn, sparkly lace weight yarn. It is sparkly. I saw it at knit night. Mm-hmm. It's really pretty. It's fairly easy to to remember right now, too. The patterns are, the stitch patterns are fairly sort of smaller repeats. And fairly easy to remember. But yay, I've actually got it to the point where it will actually fit all the way around the circular needle that I'm working it on. So I don't have to do it magic loopy style anymore. Yay. Nice. And, and I'm even using stitch markers that I made to mark all the bits of the shawl. I've marked like every every chart repeat on here. But that's going fairly well. I'm hoping it'll be enormous. So it might be a while yet before that gets finished. Um, and then I've also been doing, or rather the other day I just started, a pair of socks in some Kwegu I have from some purchase at some point over the last... I don't even know how old this stuff is. Because Koigu is just like the, oh yeah, just grab it when I see it. Koigu is one of those just taken for granted. You are coming home with Koigu. Just given to temptation and buy yarn. 
And by Koigu. So, I'm not sure when I got it, but it is damn pretty. And I'm doing <laughs> a... It's a little sort of like candle flame stitch pattern. Yep, I see that. Okay. Hey, that's kind of similar to what I've got. Yeah, probably. There's a few different patterns that are sort of similar. And it's just a stitch pattern that's in one of my German uh, stitch dictionaries. Okay. That I'm using. And the soft yarn that I'm using, um, the Koigu, is like a dark pink and lighter pink and black and gray and it's really pretty and it works fairly well with the patterning too it doesn't the patterning doesn't or the colors don't entirely make the patterning invisible so okay cool cool let's see anything else oh i've been doing some spinning too yes miss karen had a spin day yes we had a spin day at my house for victoria day which is like best way to spend the holiday weekend and i've finished some some blue face luster that i got at the fiber garden last year when i've got a whole bunch of those little like different kinds of breeds and stuff yep as samples and then on victoria day i actually pretty much started and finished spinning a bat that i got from a wooden spinner which you can find at woodenspinner.etsy.com all one word wooden spinner I got it from them when they were at the Kentucky Sheep and Wool Festival oh, okay. a few years ago. I was looking in my, my stash of spinning stuff. And I was like, you know, I should probably really get some of that. Or I should probably, you know, work on that next. And it's a combination of merino, blue-faced luster, Polworth, and silk Ooh. in the Blue Jay colorway. So it's like a dark blue and a white and a light blue. And it's pretty. I haven't plied it yet. I'm going to try doing Navajo plying, or I think it's the same thing as chain plying. And I just sort of spun it fairly finely because it's, I only have 2.1 ounces. So I figured yes, I'd like, try and get as much Miss Karen managed to spin that very fine. I saw that. Very, very fine. But yeah, so I'll see what that becomes. Not entirely sure yet what I'm going to do with it. Um, other than that... <sighs> We, I just noticed we have not talked about the frolic. <laughs> yeah. Well, you haven't talked about the frolic. Yeah. I didn't get any. I didn't get any frolic time. Yeah, you were sick that weekend. Yes, I was. And I've been sick for a lot of the beginning of this year, but that has been taken care of. Went to the doctor. Basically said, "WTF? My immune system sucks." And we hit a reboot button, which um, came in the form of antibodies. So. Mm-hmm. It's been, I think, three weeks now, and everything's been okay. Good. But, yep, so regale us with wonderful uh, frolic stuff. Well, we got to meet a whole a bunch of really cool people. We had a little get-together at the in the food area, and I got to meet a few people and talk to a few people, most of whose names have completely lost my, gone from my mind in the last month. I was totally prepared when we were going last time. I was like, okay, I remember who these people were. No, I don't remember their names. I'm sorry. Ah, well. You're all uh, awesome. <laughs> yep. A couple of people did message me and said, oh, we didn't get to meet you. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I did <laughs> not want to make people sick and yeah, cough all helpful, over. Especially when you're in a huge crowd of people. Did not want to cough all over the yarn. Yeah. With... And it's also a long day, too. Yeah. So, uh, but yes, yeah, so I got to meet, we got to meet listeners, which was awesome. It's always wonderful. Well, I got to meet listeners and the illustrious Michelle got to meet listeners. <laughs> <laughs> And Chris got to meet listeners. And it was awesome. As always, I love meeting you guys. It's always like, oh yeah, people do actually, you know, listen to us. Listen to us. I can actually mention things and people actually know what they are. I don't have to do the whole explanation because they actually listen to the podcast. And I got a few things. Because Indigo Dragonfly had a special colorway for just... It was just available at the Frolic. 
mm-hmm. or on the website that day called Lambs to the Frolic, and it is super pretty. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is super pretty. And it's like purples and blues and teals and all the colors I love. So really, it was kind of a no-brainer. I also got two of her, she has something now called Tornadoes that she's offering, the gradient colorways, gradient Ooh, sets. cool. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, she's offering them in a few different yarns now. And I got them in one of the, I think it's a merino nylon sock. And I got two of them because I want to make a scarf or stole sort of thing that starts in the middle and then goes out. And so if I get two, I can start with the same color in the middle and work out so they go progress out. Right. And they're sort of like a, a blue... Like a, not not sky blue, it's darker than that, but a nice sort of blue that progresses out through different shades of green to like a grassy green. Mm-hmm. It'll be nice and springy, which at the time that I got it definitely was needed because <laughs> we were just <laughs> emerging from God winter. Oh yes, and I got fiber from Hopeful Shetland and it's okay. a, a blue face Lester Shetland mix and it's pencil roving cool and a nice dark gray so i will have that to do more spinning of and i think that's it okay so you go okay well i don't have quite as much as miss karen because like i mentioned i've been sick for a lot of the beginning of this year but i am still knitting on the vivid squares vivid is blanket pattern you basically knit all the squares and put them all together and I'm taking a lot of the ends of sock yarn games and doing that with them. Occasionally, un- I'm unifying it with some Knit Picks palette because mm-hmm. that, that'll tie a lot of it together. I think I've got about 15 squares. And I just knit them whenever I feel like, you know, accomplishing something, I guess, because it takes an afternoon or an evening to make a square. I am in the process. This is my mother's 65th birthday coming up this fall. And I am in the process... Um, with the wonderful Wilda in New Zealand of designing a shawl for her, specifically for her birthday, something nobody else is wearing at all. And Mm -hmm. um, the yarn for that will be arriving tomorrow. I ordered it. Mm -hmm. It is Madeline Tosh Tosh Light uh, in the color Robin Redbreast. So it is is not a subtle color. It is a vibrant orangey <laughs> red for a reason, yeah. because uh, the inspiration for this shawl is poinciana flowers, the poinciana trees that mm-hmm. grow in the uh, Caribbean where my mother still lives. So anyways, I will, I should be receiving, uh, Awilda and I have gone back and forth about design and layout and all kinds of stuff. She's putting it into chart this weekend and this week, and she's supposed to be sending it to me. So I've sort of been gearing up and getting ready um, I don't want to be in the middle of something too big when that arrives because I pretty much have to drop everything and knit that bugger because yeah. I am... See, Mom's birthday is the 9th of September, which everybody's like, okay, that's not too bad. Fingering. <laughs> yeah, unless you consider you're making a big lace shawl. Well, it is fingering weight, but yes, it is still a big lacy shawl. Then my father says, well, we're doing the surprise party. And I don't know if I should be talking about... Oh, fuck it. By the time she hears it, it'll be over. Um, she's not listening to this, don't worry. We're doing the, uh, surprise party a month ahead of time so she doesn't know. So that takes it to August that I have to get this shawl done. Yeah. And it's pretty And it's June, June now. now. I just found out today my mother wants to come and visit in July. Oh no! So, um, there's going to be a little bit of time where I'm going to have to stow that. Yeah, or like hide it at work or come yes. over to my house. <laughs> So um, there's that. Well, I'll, I'll 
keep you updated on the progress because I'm super excited about this design. Okay. Rightfully so. What else I am doing? I am making sock. Pattern is... I'm I'm linking the pattern. It's already... Yeah. But I'm calling them springtime in New Zealand because a very special New Zealandy type of person sent me the yarn, amethysty yarn, from a Dresden swap package. And this pattern is... I'll take a go at this remember that i do not have any french you do it i can try saying it because i had four years of core french there you go (laughs) when i was in elementary school and beginning of high school it's the sac du printemps that might be which is something to do with springtime right yeah it's the rite of spring which is a ballet by igor stravinsky you would recognize the music and that's why i called it springtime in new zealand because i got it's new zealandy yarn and it's for springtime Mm. And it has nice... And they're like a crocusy purple, too. And I'm having lots of fun with it. Okay, so there is that. I also did, at Miss Karen's uh, spin-in, I finished some stuff that I've been working on for quite a while and plied it as well. Mm-hmm. And this is getting... Cl- it's not perfectly consistent, but it's getting closer to being consistent. And it's, mm-hmm. at the moment, going somewhere in between sport and fingering weight, which isn't too bad for somebody who, stu- who still considers himself a newbie. Not sure what I'm going to make with this yet, but... Yeah, and I mean, I've seen from pretty much every spinner that I've seen is, like, some little inconsistency is, like, is kind of what you want in hand-spun yarn, because otherwise yeah. it would look like machine-made yarn, and then it would look like you just bought it. You know, the I think, you know, more the point is to be able to spin a certain type of yarn if you want to spin a certain yeah. type of yarn and have it fairly consistent. So also, because I finished that fluff, that top, because I'm spoiled like that, I like top. So I started spinning this gradient roving that a certain Kiwi sent me in a Dresden package, if you remember before. Mm-hmm. And because it's a gradient roving and I wanted to ply it, so I split it down the center, so I had two. Mm-hmm. Then plied it, and I am currently using it to knit the herringbone cowl, which is a very, very simple cowl knitting pattern. And it's very forgiving for a lot of the um, fluctuations in the in the thickness. Mm-hmm. But it also, because I only had so much of the of the fluff, this only uses about 150 to 160 yards, which you can get out mm-hmm. of most, you know braids or most whatevers but it's the herringbone cowl by lauren osborne it's a free knitting pattern on ravelry and it's very simple but it's very elegant and very nice so i'm in the process of doing that and it it is good tv knitting because all the only thing i need to keep track of is okay the next round i start there and it's in processes of twos Knit two stitches, slip two stitches, knit two stitches, slip two stitches, things like that. So that has been me. I've been look, I've been eyeing all of the sock yarn that somehow just has magically happened. Some for my birthday, <laughs> some in a swap package, and I'm looking at them going, I've got to do something, I've got to do something, and I remind myself I'm supposed to be working on the bob socks, which I sort of did start earlier this year, but mm-hmm. not, I'm not sure what sock pattern I want to make, though, because... Even with that uh, with that lace shawl that's going to happen for my mother, I've got to have something that's going to be on the go. And Lord have mercy knows yeah. that shawl's not going to be an on the go project. <laughs> yeah. So I need to f- I need to figure that out. And little random side thing, handed in my black belt essay, and uh, my black belt exam is on July fourth. Yes, to all of you Americans, it is on July 4th and July 5th. The day, and it's a day after Miss Karen's birthday. Okay. Okay, so shall we move into Geek Squad? Oh, let's do it, because we have so much to catch up on. Uh, yes. 
like a couple major things. So if any of the, any of this that you've are you're rolling your eyes and going, duh, the entire universe already knows this, guys. You know, we just got to talk about it with you. So you know what? Just just love us anyway, please. Yeah, and we'll just sort of skim over some stuff that we know, like some of the newsy stuff that, and we'll just give our our opinions on things or reactions yep. to things. But you know, stuff where you probably already know okay. it already. So um, first, there was kind of this little movie that came out. Had a robot. Last month? Yeah. No, it was not Wally. <laughs> oh my god. Dude. Dude. <laughs> you are, you're just now thinking of inserting Wally into that? In- okay. Yes. I broke Karen. Yes. Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's so adorable. Yeah, just see. Could just see Wally rolling up. Chaos going on everywhere around it. Looking <laughs> around. Looks up at basically the bigger version Whoa. and going, Oh, that? Oh my god, or Wally with Captain America or Thor. I could see Wally actually picking up. He could be their pet. Wally would pick up Mjolnir. You know he would. Wally is completely worthy. Wally is worthy. He is 100% worthy. But yes, okay, we're talking about Age of Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> and apologies again to anybody if I have pronounced Mjolnir wrong, but I was raised in the wrong hemisphere. From here on <laughs> after, it can be re- referred to as Mighty Hammer. Mew Mew. Meow meow. Meow meow. Anyways, yes, we're talking about Age of Ultron. So yes, so what were your opinions on Age of Ultron? Oh, smack the testosterone. Whoa. <laughs> Non-spoilery opinions first, guys. Non-spoilery. Yes, I re- I did like it. I liked the first Avengers movie more. Yeah. But, because this movie, the first Avengers movie... To me, and I, and I'm trying to pick out words to explain something that seems a little bit intangible. Mm-hmm. The first movie had color and life, and this one had a lot of darkness and depth. Yeah. And just for my personality, I associate more with the first one, is what it is. Yeah, well, I found this one, this one, like, as people who know me have asked, you know, I said, it was fun. It was good. You may want to go back to the episode where we talked about the first Avengers, mo- Avengers movie and compare my right, compare my reaction when I say it was good this time to my reaction the last episode, <laughs> that episode, and my, the, the, the pitch and tone and volume of my reaction. Yep. From the last one. So yeah, it was, you know, it was fun. It was good. I think. Winter Soldier has spoiled me <laughs> because that one was just such a balls out like, oh, my God, what just happened? <laughs> what? What the hell? Just anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So it was fun. And there were certain things that I was like, mm, really, really, you went there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We got to have a talk, Joss, but we'll mention those in spoilers. I'm sure they're the same things that you guys have been hearing about. Yeah, yeah. I'll just quickly, you know, we'll just quickly give our opinions on those. <sighs> okay, um, anything else for non-spoilery territory? Part of it is still like, oh dear God, Tony Stark, you walking human disaster. What the hell are you thinking? Oh, uh, yeah. Pretty much every movie with Tony Stark is, I'm gonna, Tony, I'm gonna do the thing. Other people, don't do the thing. Tony, I'm doing the thing. Does the thing. Everything, <laughs> everything Banner, here's a totally logical, science-y, techie reason why we should both do the thing. Okay, let Tony do the thing. What? <laughs> Captain America, why did you let him do the thing? Well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. There was <laughs> there was logic involved. It was Tony's logic. <laughs> Tony logic is not like other people's logic. Tony's logic comes out of a bottle. It's called vodka. <laughs> of course, my other comment on the Avengers movie, what this Avengers movie was, not enough Coulson. 
Yeah, not enough Coulson. I will agree with that. But that's yep. also getting okay. into the Joss. We need to have a talk. Okay, let's move into spoilery yeah, talk. Spoilers, because because the main things I'm going to think of like right now are the, the spoilery things. Yeah, we're not good at the non-spoilery stuff. Okay, so spoiler stuff. Yeah, spoilers from here on in. Check the the notes with the show to see when it's safe to come back if you still haven't seen this movie. And if you really care about spoilers, though. Seriously, if you still haven't seen the movie and you really care about spoilers, you are kind of screwed at this point. <laughs> I imagine it's not easy to avoid them. A, if you've survived it to this point without being spoiled, and the movie has been out for how long now, and you're listening to this episode, and we've warned you several dozen times, you're on your own from here on out. Okay, so, <sighs> can we have a talk about Black Widow? In this movie? Yes! Won't talk um, about it a lot, but to mention the first major thing that a lot of people were talking about after the movie, that whole scene with Bruce Banner where she's kind of, where she talks about how she can't have children. The thing with that is I I see what, I, I don't think Joss was trying to say not being she's a monster because she can't right. have children. Yeah. It's just the problem is, and I especially took note of this like the second time I saw it, is she goes straight from saying from talking about how she can't have children to and she Being she mentions monster. the and she mentions the whole like they you know they did it because that way you wouldn't, you know, possibly feel more loyalty to another living thing than the mission to the than to the the mission so that they, you know, they made it so that she can't have children and then she immediately but she immediately goes from that line to so now, so we're both monsters. We're both monsters. So it's like it's <gasps> like there's needed to be another line in the middle, <laughs> something to sort of like put a little distance between those two things, so it didn't sound like it could be interpreted that way. I don't think it was intentionally going to meant to be that way. I just think it was not well written. Not not that particular or, conversation. Yeah, or that there was something essential maybe in between that was edited out. <laughs> That would be essential, yes. But I haven't seen anyone mention that that bit was edited. Anyways. The other thing is like, oh, I know Scarlett Johansson was pregnant during filming of this, but there's a couple bits where it's like, really? God, she's captured by the bad guy and she has to wait around for Bruce to come along to let her out? <laughs> like, um, really? Well, like we're talking about. well, admit, admittedly, she did in that, in that cell, she did use her, you know, her noggin and basically send out morse code sos yeah but that seems like the thing that she would do and then she would work on like getting out of the cell true like that would have been step one then there would have been step two step four would have been meet the guys as they arrive standing on the top of the the building with you know some goon's head in her hands like some vengeful god up on the top holding a severed head in her hands okay she did rescue somebody else for the first for the first movie, maybe it was just her turn. Although I, I do acknowledge the point that you're mm -hmm. saying is that it's damsel in distress. Yeah, it just seemed like a not great use of the character. What did you think of her and uh, Banner's relationship? See, like, before the movie, when people hinted said that it was, it was possibly going to go that way, I was like, oh, that could be really interesting. I wasn't really feeling it during the movie, though. Like, I just didn't see them having, like, a ton of chemistry. Well, they didn't know they, if they had a ton of chemistry either. Because they were still trying to figure it out, which I like. I think but usually there's like something where it's like, even if, like, hell, dude, you can see two characters that they're not even trying to ship on the show, and they're. Um, I can be like, I ship them. John Locke, for example. <laughs> well, that goes pretty far over into the. Anyways, anyways, that's more like queer baiting than. Yeah. All right. Let's pull out of that universe. Yeah. That's a that's a rabbit um, hole. 
But yeah, I don't know. I just, I wasn't, maybe it's just like the few, only like the couple opportunities we saw them, but I wasn't really feeling it, even though like I have a feeling I could like easily read fake about it. Okay. In this case, it's sort of like, mm, I think the fanfic writers might do a better job. <laughs> See, I <laughs> might make me feel it more. I liked the attempt that they made at the relationship and I liked that it wasn't easy. Yeah, same here. It's just like, I wasn't, again, I wasn't feeling the, I wasn't feeling like, oh my god, yes, I love this. Or yes, this feels right, the way they're, they're interacting. I don't, like I said, I just wasn't feeling it. Even though, like, like I said, it's a ship that I could totally get behind, and a ship that could be really interesting, and that would be really difficult in fun ways. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I think I might have to just indulge in the fic. Now, a lot of people, I think, were just having, were having a lot of butt hurt over the fact that uh, Natasha and Clint are officially not an item in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Because, if you, reminder, this is a spoiler territory, Hawkeye has a family. Yep. He has a frickin' <laughs> farmhouse. How the hell is Hawkeye the one who, the one there who has, like, a functional adult relationship? Probably doesn't stick around Tony. Yeah, by the looks of it, he, you know, goes off to the farm and doesn't hang around the Avengers Tower. Yeah. Around Tony to get drawn into the you know garbage heap. He's got he's got a wife that supports him and what he does. He's got he doesn't live in a mansion. He lives in a house that he is constantly working on and renovating. Uh, he's got a couple of kids, and by kids I do mean like seven and nine year olds. And one point seven five. Point point seven five. Yes. <laughs> well, point seven negative point seven five. And or whatever you imagine. And uh, they are they know who they know who Natasha is. Yeah, she's Auntie Natasha. She's Auntie I love Natasha. That. I was like, cool. I love that. Oh my god, and that was one of the hilarious moments where she's like, "How's little Natasha doing?" She's like, "Um, actually, it's Nathaniel." She's like, "You traitor. traitor!" That was so cute, and it was. I did sort of admire that in the huge setup to like the whole like, "Oh god, Hawkeye and or his family are going to die." The entire movie. Yeah, Psych. we got, we did get, um, at least that's the rumor I heard, was that one person was going to die. Mm -hmm. And after seeing that, I'm well, like... this is a Whedon joint, I was expecting somebody. Well, yeah. After seeing that, I'm just like, oh, don't let it be Hawkeye, please don't let it be Hawkeye, please don't let it be Hawkeye, please don't let it be Hawkeye. And you could see how much they were setting it up, and I'm yeah. like... No, 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 family man, family man, no, 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 no. <laughs> it was practically, I'm the, re practically the retiring tomorrow. Yeah. Today's my last day on the job. I'm retiring to my wife and we're going to sail around the world on the live forever. <laughs> As the Simpsons went, put because, it, let's put it. Because he did say this was going to be the last job. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, you are so toast for saying that. You never say that. Never, ever, ever <laughs> yeah, say that. So you say you it. say that thing I did yesterday was my last yeah. job. That's what you say. But then you can never really do that because then you know the trope is that oh something comes pulling you back in. Anyways, all right. So what did you think of the twins? I like them. I like them. I did think they got they had like interesting backstory, especially because this is slightly different than their comics backstory because their comics backstory involves a character that marvel doesn't have the rights to right so they are technically in the marvel cinematic universe they are labeled as in yeah. or like experimented on people i forget if they're officially like inhumans yep but yeah and i do think they did a fairly good job of like bringing out the putting their backstory into context really quickly like you know their comment like when they tell about the backstory about how you know their country was bombed and basically, you know, their home was, their house was bombed and their parents, like, disappeared into the crater created by the bomb. And they were, like, huddled under a bed for three days staring at a giant Stark Industries missile that hadn't gone off. 
I'm like, yep, that's pretty horrific. That would totally do it. Yep. Backstory accepted. I would hunt down Tony Stark, too. I think the actress playing Scarlet Witch did a really good job of being somewhat mentally twisted and twisting mm. herself. Yeah, they both did a good job. Like I said, I just didn't really have like a huge, oh my god, I love this person thing. They're really good. Yeah. I enjoyed them. I look forward to seeing Scarlet Witch in future movies. Yep. And she's going to be in, well, she and everybody else are going to be in Civil War by the sound of it. That's what you do with the war. You call it, never mind. I was going to say call in the cavalry, but. <clears throat> oh, I wish. That would make that movie for me. Don't get me started. Anyways. I know there were bits that, I know the movie was actually really, the first edit was really long and they had to cut stuff out. Mainly Thor stuff. Which did make parts mm. of it feel like the hell, because there was that whole Thor vision thing that just sort of yep. really got trimmed down to, like, the yep. what? Okay. Yeah, that did look like it came a little bit out of left field and was just sort of, like, delivered in a package. Yeah. This came courtesy of Amazon from, you know, left field. Would you like to open it? Okay, yes. Oh, hey, here's a third of what we've been looking mm. for. So I, I would like a little bit more on that or a little bit more explained. I am going through withdrawal because I am not dealing with the fact that Jarvis isn't there anymore. <laughs> but we have Vision now. No. Vision is awesome. Vision is awesome. I will accept that. But damn it, I miss Jarvis. Yeah. And I don't care about Friday. <laughs> I miss Jarvis. I don't know what it is. I just miss him. And I'm it's taking longer to deal with than I thought. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I miss him. I will have to say I did really enjoy Vision. The moment when he passes over the hammer, the entire audience was like, whoa! Yeah, our audience, um, because we had to sit super close, because we, I mean, we thought we got there in, with enough time, but apparently not. And we had to sit in, like, one of the first sections, mm -hmm. so we're staring up people's nostrils. When he handed over the hammer, even my seven-year-old son was like, wow! Yeah, it, it was absolute dead silence in the theater for about a half a second, and then everybody was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Meow Meow had a role in the entire in the entire thing. If it wasn't for Meow Meow, they would still be arguing. And that scene at the beginning, with all of them trying to lift the hammer, <laughs> was everything I hoped it would be. Yeah. It was like all the Avengers broing out. I loved it so much. After the party. Because yeah. they had ordered, they were drinking beer and eating Chinese food. Which I love the party scenes too. Though, so, though it's somewhat sad when you watch it because then you realize, oh, all these World War II vets are there because they're Steve's friends. Yep. He's like, oh. And Stanley. All his friends are like 90 years old. Yeah. Except for Sam. And that, that was kind of cute with uh, Captain America talking to Banner. No, she's not. No, trust me, she's not flirting. I've seen her flirt up close. What do you mean up close? Though, I mean, the the whole language thing, it was really funny. It is sort of like, I do have the sort of thought of like, you know, just Steve was in the army in World War II. I'm sure he is no stranger to some bad words. Like, this is the, these are the people that came up with the, the terms foobar yep. and snafu. Two guesses what uh. the Fs are in those, in those acronyms. Though I really like someone, um, on Tumblr posted a headcanon that I love. Oh. I'm like, okay, this totally explains it. 
Um, or they said that the people who, the kind of people who usually say that, especially like instinctively, like Steve did without thinking about it, are generally people who like coach a little league team or like a Boy Scout group or otherwise have to interact with small children on a fairly regular basis. So I'm like, yes, it is now my headcanon that Steve like coaches a little league team. <laughs> and so he's so used to dealing with like nine year olds and he'd be like, oi, language. And finally, that he forgets and does it with his teammates. And Nick Fury at the end, whoa, you kiss your mama with that mouth? <laughs> and I loved Maria Hill being like, he said a bad language word. Just being one of the bros. Yep. Okay. But yeah, still not enough Coulson. <sighs> okay. So moving on. Yes. Speaking of Coulson. Speaking of Coulson. Oh, dear God. Okay. Spoiler. Back from spoilers now. We're safe-ish for a moment because yep. we're going into talking about other things. And one of those things is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we are we are only here we are only here in non spoilery land for approximately two point five minutes. Yes, because we're going to well, because we we should mention, you know, obviously people know by now that oh my god, Agents of Shield got renewed and Agent Carter got renewed. Woohoo! High red lipstick fives everywhere, which is good considering. Well, it's good that Agent Carter got renewed because uh, Agent Carter is awesome, and also she's going to be in. They've released basically information that she's going to be in L.A. this next season. So we get to see Los Angeles Yay. of like the late 1940s, which should be really cool. interesting. Though I will say that like I'm going to be pissed if Angie isn't with her, especially because it makes total sense for Angie to go with her, so she can go try and get a job in Hollywood. Yep. Also, because I will miss Angie like crazy. I would though I would totally accept like the first two episodes she's not in, and then all of a sudden episode three she's you know Peggy hears a knock on her apartment door, and oh my god, there's Angie, and she's like, "Hey, I'm coming to stay with you for a little while." Wait, you're doing what? Oh. Okay. I will also be very sad if Jarvis isn't it, but... <laughs> I will forgo the whites. I still have to get that on a t-shirt. But it's also good that they renewed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Beyond yes. the fact that I love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But also because, oh dear god, that season finale. Yes! Okay, people... I'm still not okay from that season finale. Yeah. I, I don't know who it could possibly be okay from that season finale. I made it through, and this is still non-spoilery, so it's okay. Mm -hmm. I made it through... The entire episode, sort of like going into labor, going, okay, okay, big, big moment, big moment, hold, hold on, hold on, and we made it through, we made it through, we made it through, okay. It was the stinger afterwards. <laughs> I lost my shit. Oh, I was losing my shit a little earlier than that, <laughs> as you can imagine. Yes, I can I mean, imagine. the whole episode, there were times when I was like, what? Like, no, 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 no. But, like, let's move into spoiler space and discuss the bits that Okay, yeah, we're here. just going straight back into spoilers. Okay, yeah, so spoiler space right here. It's probably going to be, like, about five minutes. Maybe a little more. But, again, we'll post when it's okay to come back. Because, oh, dear God. As soon, like, when Gordon dropped the crystal thing, and I was like, oh, God, no, 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 no. And I saw Phil running to grab it, and he grabbed it, and I was like, okay. Is he going to be, oh my god, no, he's not going to be okay, because you see his hands start going black. And I was literally, like, hyperventilating, like, hands over my mouth, like, no, 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 because I have been terrified they're going to kill off Golson again. So I was freaking the hell out, and then the axe comes from nowhere and just, like, chops his hand off. What the fuck? I am not okay. I'm no. still not okay. No. I mean, it's like, I mean... I am okay in the sense that it's like, yay, Coulson's not dead, and, you know, not having a hand is not, like, a huge deal. Well, it's, you know, it's a, it will take a lot of adjustment, it will be, you know, it does limit for the moment what he can do. But this company, you know, his, his but, field has also made Deathlock. Yeah, 
but I'm sure he's going to get a super cool robot hand. And the Darth Vader comments commence. <laughs> but yeah, but it's, you know, definitely better than like end of last season when it looked like he was losing his mind. Yeah, there's that. This I can cope with. <laughs> yeah. A hand, we can give you a mechanical one. Losing your mind, going crazy. Ah, uh, we have a problem. Yes. So yeah, speaking of that stinger. Oh! God. Those assholes, I swear to God. Just when Fitz and Simmons were actually going to move out of being, a, you know, the Edison twins and having, like, grown-up feelings and facing them head-on. Yeah. She gets eaten by a rock. Apparently. Yeah, she was eaten by a rock, basically. <laughs> and my theory is because she is inhuman. Mm, I don't know. Could be really interesting if she is, could be interesting if she isn't. I don't know what that would do to her. Well, think of how she's been, how she was treating the inhumans to begin with. Mm -hmm. Of more like, you know, okay, we have to study it and then we have to make it, you go know, away. she yeah. go away. What would happen if she became one? That would be a big problem for her. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the, it would be interesting part. It's also, but then, like, the rock, too, was something that the Inhumans said that could be responsible for killing them all. So I imagine if she wasn't human, like, even an unactivated Inhuman, that would not be good for an Inhuman. No, she could be the one that comes out of it losing her mind at, you know, next season. Mm-hmm. So, aww. No. Which would suck for a scientist. No, I want my science babies back. Your science babies. Yeah, can you imagine it now? Fitz is the one that has to go, like, you know, spoon feed her and take care of her and, you know, go undercover. Mm -hmm. Though, oh my god, speaking of Fitz, we need to discuss that line. Ah! I think that won an award for, like, funniest um, yes. moment. It was like a people, it, it was like, a, not a people choice award, but it was like a... I think it was an Entertainment Weekly had a vote on, like, or a poll on what's the best lines from the season finales or something, and that was one of them. And that was yep. half ad-libbed, apparently. It was brilliant! Yeah, apparently, um, I forget if it was Clark Gregg who said it or someone else who said it, and Clark, Clark Gregg just retweeted it. No, it was Clark Gregg who said it on Twitter. Um, apparently in the script, the, he did, he was scripted to say, science, at that moment. But he, Ian DeKestiker, added the biatch. Biatch. So we got science, biatch. Like, yes! Oh my god, this is amazing. I love Do you want to know how cool you just made science, dude? Mm-hmm. Science class has just become the most popular thing ever. <laughs> but yes, oh, the other thing that I was having... Well, there was also... One of the things I was having feels over, I actually got a little turned up, was, well, Sky's last discussion with Cal while he was still yeah. Cal. It's like, yeah. aww, when he says the best day ever was still the day she was born, it was like, you're homicidal and crazy, but I feel kind of sad right now. And you're still a daddy. Yeah. I love that Coulson was able to talk to him and that her, you know, Sky's two dads were able to go work together. Yeah, to figure it out to save her. Mm -hmm. And oh my god, Sky got to drive Lola! Yeah, that's part happy and part sad, but I don't oh, think yes. he, he wouldn't trust anybody else. He wouldn't to do Lola. Yeah, Sky is his, Sky is Phil's baby girl. Yeah, he will trust no one else with Lola. Oh, I'm getting overclumped about it again. Aww. Okay, I can't think of anything else other than the fight scenes as usual were awesome. Yep, I love that they had Sky using her. She only used her inhuman powers like twice. And the rest was all her, like, shield and computer powers. She was really good. Was I was awesome. watching that fight scene of her against uh, the duplicate girl. Yeah. She was good. And her fight with May at the beginning of the, ep of the episode. 
Yep. Yeah, Ward, you fucking psycho god. I I, I have nope. said evil villain. Yep. I've there is no redemption for Ward. There just is not. Nope. Okay. I rode the Ward train once. I cashed in my tickets. I'm not getting on it again. And that's thing that line that they that the writers put in oh, specifically for yes. the fans. I lost it. I lost my shit. I actually, I literally like cackled out loud. <laughs> they did that for the fans. Yeah, for the fans, but not all the fans really enjoyed that they did that. No, some of them were really butthurt about it. It's like, guys, it's not our fault. You've been completely interpreting the show a complete opposite way that the writers have been saying it. Anyways, so a big karma twist there. Ward actually kills. Agent 33. Yes, by mistake, she thinks he's killing May. Because he thinks she's killing May, and, you know, there's always that pro- that con- possibility when you're going in undercover double agenting with the techno face. Yes, that someone's going to mistake you for someone else. And that especially that your uh, crazy boyfriend is going to shoot first and ask questions later. The torture scene with Bobby? Ooh, oh, that, that was... was oh, that was... That was hard. Life. That was harsh. Yeah. But they also like they also did an amazing job with that of using that to fool the audience or to to surprise the audience, because if you were actually able to watch each pretty much each time they went back to that plot line, they showed her hands with the needles and stuck stuff in them stuffed in them. But they also showed, if you watch, you can see she's loosening the the shackles. Yeah. On the table. The thing is, like most people are going to see one shot of those hands and be like, nope, not watching. So they're not going to see it. So when she does jump up and kick Ward's ass, that is a complete surprise. Because they hid the hints of that inside something that, like, nobody else wanted to see. No. Yeah. And the way she took the bullet. Mm-hmm. There, there was a lot of suspense build up to yeah. Hunter finding the right room. Really I knew, good. I knew she was going to do something like that. Yeah. She was going to try and get it so that it hit her instead of him. And, like, eh... I don't know. The whole treatment, the whole way things turns out for Agent 33 is kind of not entirely like, considering she was brainwashed and then she was basically like brought into this like hugely, what's the word I'm trying to think of, dysfunctional, (laughs) um, codependent relationship with Ward. It sort of sucked that it ended there for her. Yeah, it ended there for her. It didn't end for Ward though. Yeah, but that's kind of like, that's a bit fridgy. That's killing her off for his man pain. <laughs> yeah, killing her off for his man pain. Okay, yeah, that's true. So that one's a bit sort of like, eh. I don't know. I couldn't, but it was also sort of like, I kind of expected it, really. I was like, yeah, she's not going to make it to the end of the season alive. But and it's probably na- going to be Ward somehow that gets killed. Yeah, somehow. And now Ward's trying to build his own little collection, his own little, his own group. Yeah, he has basically become. He said in a Brent Dalton said in, said in an interview like that basically as like the first two seasons have been the super superhero origin origin story for Sky, they've kind of been the super villain origin story for, for Ward, Ward, which is kind yeah of perfect, and I love that. And it's like writers, you bastards, I love you. I love Brett Dalton, but Ward. Oh yeah. Oh my god. And he's a character, and I should say, too, because some people in certain aspects of the fandom don't seem to realize this, that you can hate a character and love the actor. Love the actor. Or love the character and hate the character in the sense that you love to hate them. Yeah. (laughs) You really enjoy them as a villain. That is a thing that you can do. And I really do like that. And I think Brett Dalton does an amazing job. 
He does. He does an incredible job. Especially for coming on board. He came on board as a good guy and got told. Yeah. In season one. Oh, by the way. You're a bad guy. <laughs> you're a bad guy. He, goes, he, he thought he was actually, they were going to drop him. Yeah, he thought he was dead. They're like, oh crap, they're going to kill me off. Which Clark, Oh man, they're pulling a Colson. Which Clark Gregg said too about this season. He was like, you know, he was, you know, rehearsing or something. It was the end of the day of filming or something like that. And they're like, oh, by the way, can we just, you know, talk to you when you're done? And he was like, oh crap. <laughs> I've been through this before. <laughs> they're going to kill me off. And then they're actually, no, we're actually not going to kill you off. We're just going to, you know, hurt Colson. We're, yeah, we're just going to fuck it all up yeah we're it's just, gonna hurt we're just gonna make things a little complicated for the props and wardrobe department next year which is the other reason i'm assuming he's going to have a robot hand is so yeah. the props and wardrobe department don't murder the writers <laughs> trying to make it look like he doesn't have a hand yeah but yes i think that's most of the stuff that i was flailing over mainly was the oh my god colson okay so okay so spoiler free space so back to spoiler free safe to come back so although uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is renewed, the spinoff that would, was supposed to be coming from it is dead in the water at this point in time. Yeah, there had been rumors that it was going to be like a, a Hunter and Mockingbird spinoff thing, but apparently not. But you can kind of see they, they kind of set that up for them to possibly go off to their own spinoff. But I'm sure they can, you know, it's easy enough to get them back for the next season anyway. Or to fold their storyline back into the next season. Which is awesome, because I, kind of, I kind of love Hunter. So meanwhile, and there's been tons of other information too about, like, of course, this past month was the upfront, so there's been all sorts of announcements about, like, what shows were cancelled, and what shows were picked up, and what shows were renewed. And, of course, a couple of the ones that we were especially waiting for. Well, first of all, Constantine has been officially nicked. It has not been picked up. However, stars, including Stephen Amell of Arrow, have put it out there um, saying they would be willing to guest star if a network would pick it up. So, and also I think the Shat has actually done that as well. I say that like, you know, he's a basketball player, but William Shatner, Stephen Amell, and a couple of other big names have asked, hey, we like Constantine. If there's a network out there, I will guest star. Yeah, or even if they could get it picked up by Netflix or something, because... Yeah. Or Yahoo, because I think it was Parks and Recreation, which used to be on network TV and is now actually being done through Yahoo. So there are other ways for the show to come out now. Yep. And Netflix might have a might have a lower bar to what they will not lower bar in the like they'll take any old shit sort of thing, but like they'll maybe have like less like profit focused reasons <laughs> for doing it. But CBS has picked up the Supergirl series yes. and the first episode did get leaked out. Yes, I have not seen leaked that. In, leaked in bunny quotes. Yes. <laughs> have you seen the trailer for it? I've seen the first episode. Oh, you've seen the first episode. Yes, I, I have. I have not seen the first episode. I've seen the trailer. What were your impressions? What did you think of overall of the first episode? I liked the first episode. This is a girl who, unlike uh, Clark Kent, a.k.a. Superman, this is a girl who actually remembers her former, her alien life. Mm -hmm. She knows exactly what she is. So there is that contrast. There is the uh, concept that she was sent to take care of Clark. Mm -hmm. But Clark arrived 24 years before. Yeah. Before she arrived. And there are the struggles that she has to t has to do between, okay, now that I'm embracing this, I need to figure out how this fits in with work and mm -hmm. how this fits in with, am I actually bulletproof? I've never actually tested this. <laughs> I might want to figure this out. 
Yeah, stuff like that. I liked combat. it. She's extremely gawky, mm-hmm. and I love that about her. Yeah, from um, watching the trailer, I, I kind of already love the character, and I, I really want to watch the show. I really like the first episode, and it's um, people were going on inside of the show going, Would you look at that? It's a female superhero. That's great. Somebody for my daughter to look up to. I mean, this is actually coming out in script. Yay! So I'm like, woo! <laughs> Yay! Yeah. DC is doing something right for a change. And I have to admit, like... I've never really had that much of an interest in Superman. I haven't been interested, in, really interested in seeing the movies. Me either. I saw the trailer for Batman vs. Superman at least twice, and I was like, eh. Eh. But this I've seen, and I'm like, I am in. Yep. I am here for this. Callista Flockhart as the really annoying, rich boss. Mm-hmm. You know, Spider-Man has it with his, and... Everybody who's playing the, the humble, everyday Joe has got to have a really, yeah. you know overdone boss. Devil she does it, product type of boss. Yeah. She does it really well, mm-hmm. but she also has a couple of points. And this isn't really spoilery in terms of plot. This is just a just a quote because obviously the name Supergirl has to come from somewhere. Yeah. This is and the it is trailer, her, so. <laughs> it is in her character that says, what's wrong with the word girl? I'm a girl. What's wrong with a girl? What's wrong with calling her Supergirl? And I'm like, yeah, what is wrong with calling her Supergirl? But Anyway. Yeah, it's still sort of like, well, I, I think the point was she would rather be called Superwoman. She would, ra- she would rather be called Superwoman, but of course, this is the character going, I don't want to be called girl. I want to be called woman, but sh- shouldn't we call her? We didn't call her anything. I called her Supergirl. Anyways, it, it does draw the attention of, okay, what's wrong with the idea of girl, but also... Yeah, she is really a, you know, a Devil Wears Prada kind of boss. Yeah. But she does it very well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Oh. It's good. It's good. And also, something we asked for. Yes, we did! <laughs> oh my god, we have to record ideas like that more often. Yeah, I know. Because, you know, the universe fucking listened to us. Okay, I want Coulson to show up on my front door <laughs> with a box of Nanaimo bars in one hand and... A big bag of yarn, well, not in the other hand, um, over his shoulder or on his back in a backpack. And I would like him to be wearing minimal clothing. Wearing a kilt. I was going to say that. I was about to say wearing a utilicult. There you go. There we go. If I win the the lottery, I will donate like mega money to the charity of his choice if he will do that for you. (laughs) I don't think it would happen mainly just because that sounds super creepy. If I preface it with something like, you know, it's her birthday, would you mind showing up? Okay, now that you're here, by the way, put this on and hold this. <laughs> yes, but anyway, so we have long ago said we would love to have a new Muppet show. And guess, guess what, what we're getting? Out? And it's going to be on the same night as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Tuesdays are going to be fantastic. Yep, it's going to be 8 o'clock Tuesdays. There's going to be a Muppet show, which is going to be half hour long, fresh off the boat, 8.30, and then 9 o'clock, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm not going to get anything done Tuesday Tuesday nights. I think it's hilarious that they they had to go and recruit Piggy. It's hilarious. (laughs) Yes, the trailer is out and it's adorable. And oh my god, I want this show so bad. I want to see it. And Kermit has a thing with pigs. Seriously. (laughs) Yeah, there's some jokes in there where it's like, oh yes, this is definitely going to be aimed at grown-ups as well as kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I... We are so watching the opening show of that. Yep. Oh my god. And we are live tweeting that. Oh, God, yes. We are live tweeting, if not, like, recording us. That's a great idea. Great idea. Or, like, possibly recording us in, like, a Google broadcast thing. Where sure, it will actually sure. show on, li- on YouTube live as we record it. 
I think this is the plan. Speaking of Muppets and Kermit, and all things frog-like. Yes, there was actually a new frog that has been discovered, which looks a lot like Kermit. Specifically the eyes. Yes. It's the eyes that... Oh my god. And even the, well, in the shape of the head, too. Like, the shape of the, the head really looks like Kermit, and the color... It's the it's the Diane's bare-hearted glass frog, which was um, discovered in Costa Rica, and it's got little looks like weirdo you know, it could be like little it's weirdo eyes. ping pong ball eyes, yeah, that are white with black pupils, and it looks like Kermit. Yeah, it's kind of creepy when you see. I'm looking at the article about it on Cramphibian, the Costa Rican Amphibian Research Center. It's C-R-A-M-P-H-I-B-I-A-N.com. And the article's from uh, April 17th. They have a picture of it from below, like it's sitting on top of a scanner, and it's rather creepy because you can see all its innards. That's why it's called a glass yeah. frog. Yeah, that's why it's called a glass frog, yeah. But viewed and from the yes, front, it it's actually kind of cute. It looks like Kermit. Kermit is cute. Kermy. But yes, then maybe, the, hey, maybe we'll have to do something with the, gra- the glass frog on, on the Muppet Show. It's like, hey, Kermit, we found one of your relatives. Uh, yeah, I don't do frogs. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, I'm sorry. Me and my brothers, we just have this DNA thing. All three of us absolutely detest frogs and toads. <laughs> I have seen my brothers, like, nearly wreck vehicles because they've discovered that there's a frog on the outside of their win- their driver window. They've nearly wrecked cars. Okay. Um, oh, and you said there was uh, the new show Lucifer? Yes, the show, I guess, technically replacing Constantine, you know, one supernatural show out, mm-hmm. one supernatural show in. Lucifer is exactly what it sounds like. The devil comes to whatever you want to call this, the mortal realm, earth, whatever, whatever. And where else would Lucifer and Morningstar want to hang out but Los Angeles? He just has a grand old time living the high life from the looks of the preview like thing that he does just for fun is he does everything bad obviously i mean he get he gets pulled over by a police officer and he's just thumbing through his wallet sir are you trying to bribe me of course i am silly and uh, as he talks to people he draws out he gets them to confess their deepest darkest i can't say sins but urges or secrets that they don't want other people to know and he becomes involved in criminal investigation with a woman who is impervious to his charms (laughs) he is he is unable to get her to confess any of her deep dark secrets or sins and she just keeps retaliating with okay is this where i'm supposed to be charmed and something's supposed to happen because it's not (laughs) and it completely befuddles him and it makes him all the more wanting to go and help on an investigation that he was a part of. And he he's not hiding his immortality one bit. Mm-hmm. He and uh, another person were taken down in a hail of bullets. She being mortal died. He being Im- immortal, you know, got up again. And when the police officer asked, how, how on earth did that happen? Immortality. <laughs> what is your name? Lucifer Morningstar. Is that a stage name? God given, I'm afraid. <laughs> so this could be so, interesting. Um, it should be, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's got very much the same flavor as Constantine from the look of the preview. So, you know, we'll see what, we'll see how it, how it happens. By the way, just because I'm thinking of this, I know we didn't talk about this previously. If anybody out there is going to go to Broadway and see the show An Act of God, do you know what this is? No. It I will explain familiar. it. Jim Parsons is God. Oh, that could be interesting, yes. 
No, and I'm not <laughs> saying I'm not saying that in a Rocky Horror Tim Curry kind of way. Yeah. No, he literally comes downstairs to fanfare and is dressed in the white robes. He is God. Mm. And he sort of sits and has has a conversation with the audience. I actually know the wardrobe supervisor who is working behind stage. Oh, so yeah? he's been um prompting it on his Facebook feed and I saw a little bit of uh a little bit of the show that had been videoed. And it was fun and I'm like, "Oh my god, well where's teleportation when I need it because I would so buy tickets to this if I could get my ass to New York City." Because he 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 sits there and and it's very much like the Sheldon kind of life. Mm -hmm. He keeps a very straight face as he does this. So he would say, you know, I was God, but I wasn't Godding. I wasn't creating or destroying or judging anybody. But that was something I always wanted to try. <laughs> you know, things like that. It was fantastic. And he goes into, please write this down. I am not into sports. I am not a Yankee. I am not a greenbacker. <laughs> I, am, I do not do that. I only affect... Sports scores for the spread, <laughs> not for the winning team. <laughs> Stuff like that. I'm like, I've got, I want to see this so bad. So if anybody is going to see it, oh, I am so jealous. Seriously. Okay, moving back into other things. Yeah, I should mention too quickly that I have actually finished watching Daredevil, and it is really good. It's also pretty violent and kind of gory. <laughs> it, yeah, it's pretty dark from the there, little that and I saw. It's pretty dark. Um, but there's some, th there's certain things about it that I just love. Like there's so many characters that I really love, um, including the villain. It's like, they do such an amazing job of making you feel sometimes bad, feel bad for, or like kind of root for the villain because uh, they just do him so well. And I actually ship him with someone canon ship in the show, but like okay. you're, you're actually kind of rooting for him to like, make this relationship work and the relationship is awesome even though he's you know not a good guy and like i love the main characters i love matt murdoch and the way that uh charlie cox is portraying him i should say i haven't seen the ben affleck movie which is probably a good thing and i love foggy and karen and i love them so much and like i love the way that they've sort of brought in kind of the un the marvel universe to the like the street level because mm -hmm. the main sort of plot is it, plot of it is that uh, Matt and his friend Foggy are lawyers in the Hell's Kitchen neighborhood of New York, and Matt is on the side doing his superheroing thing. He doesn't have the name Daredevil yet or the costume yet, but uh, they're having to in both of their in both of his worlds, the superheroing and the lawyering. He's having to fight against people that are trying to basically like change or destroy or in charge of crime and stuff in Hell's Kitchen. And the main sort of source for all their their power and what they're trying to do is that because of the Battle of New York, the alien invasion of New York that destroyed a good chunk of Hell's Kitchen, you know, when things get damaged, especially large parts of cities... The people who come in, who try and take advantage of that, like crooked contractors and construction mm -hmm. companies and politicians who are trying to manipulate it to their ends, that's what these people are, these, you know, villains are doing. They're using that to further their own ends of, like, taking over and controlling thing and controlling things and spreading corruption and stuff like that. So I just love that this sort of, like, very real world thing that happens... Yep. Uh, New York City did not become spotlessly clean the day after 
the Battle of New York City. Yeah. And, you know, and that's also sort of the reason, it's sort of a neat reason they've given for, like, you know, why Matt and Foggy can afford their, afford their office. The rent on their office is because, like, all the buildings around it got kind of destroyed. So the rent is really low because it's not a great area to be in. And um, other, like, little, little sort of very real world things is Matt has this really amazing apartment in this, you know, sort of loft style apartment in this building. Um, which he would never be able to afford because they're very much the underdog lawyers. Except that somebody, someone built an enormous lighted billboard across the street that goes that on twenty four seven and is really bright. And of course, Matt doesn't care because he's blind. So of course, he gets the he gets the deal on the apartment because nobody else wants it. And yeah, I just I really enjoyed it. Like I said, it's just kind of violent and gory, and. There's an amazing, I should let people know, there's an amazing fight scene in, in episode two that, like, everybody should see just to see it, because it is awesome. It's, like, a really cool, like, five-minute one-shot fight scene. But there's also, like, there's some super gross stuff that happens in episode, it's the end of episode four and episode eight. <laughs> and there's some other gross stuff in it. Oh, and there was that one bit in episode three. Yeah. So there's certain, <laughs> there's certain bits that, like, people might want to be forewarned about. So if you want to watch it, but you want me to warn you about these super gross stuff, let me know. And I will tell you, like, whereabouts it is. <laughs> because there was stuff where I, I, I was warned about certain things that would happen in some of these episodes. And so I was, like, watching. It's like, is this the bit where, oh, God, yes, it is not looking. Yeah. It can be a bit gory and bloody and gross, but also really good. And they're doing a season two. Yay. You also saw something else that was really good recently. Oh my god. And which was just completely fucking bonkers. I saw Mad Max Fury Road, which I was not intending to see this movie. But then the weekend it opened, like, half the women on my Twitter Twitter feed and on Tumblr were like, oh my god, you guys, you have to see this movie. Because it's like, oh my god, lots of kick-ass women in it. And it's like, a women-led action movie that nobody told anybody about. And it is... I should mention, too, I've never seen any of the Mad Max movies. Yeah. So other than a few things that people mentioned that I was like, what? I had no idea what to expect. And it was amazingly bonkers. (laughs) It is amazing and bonkers. Okay. I freaking love, like, the whole plot of the story is basically that this one woman, Furiosa, played by Shirley's Theron, is trying to get these women who were basically the the sex slaves slash forced wives of this you know, tin pot dictator trying to get them to safety. And the character of Mad Max sort of helps with that. But it's never his story about him helping them. It's her story. And he just sort of right. helps along. And in these, there's tons of like car chases in these like crazy ass like vehicles where like other vehicles are are just welded on top of other things. And like the bad guy in his war party, he has this enormous truck with these gigantic speakers on it and like four or five guys doing war drums on the back and a dude on bungees on the front thrashing on a electric guitar that shoots fire. <laughs> it's like, I can't even explain this. It is bonkers. And it's basically, and part of the reason I also went to see it was because not only were all the women on my list going, you know, completely head over heels for this, um, they were also mentioning that a whole bunch of men's rights activists were super pissed about it. And I'm like, oh, this is what we need to see. <laughs> I gotta admit, that's what piqued my curiosity. Yeah. It's also kind of, like I said, it's also kind of gross in bits, but, and again, if you really want, like, warnings beforehand, let me know. But 
It's like, I'm still just sort of like, what did I even see? It is like someone fire hosing it into your eyeballs the entire time. I like, I can't even cope. And it's one of those, I should say too, if you don't have like actual physical problems with 3D, like if it doesn't make you nauseous or if it, if you can, you know, see in 3D, um, then I would highly suggest seeing this movie in 3D. Because, Did you? Yes. Oh. Because the, the cinematography is amazing and the land, the way they shoot the landscape and the, the car chases and stuff is amazing. And it looks really cool in 3D. It really adds to the experience. Cool. And it's, I still just, I can't even, like, what was this movie? I can't even explain it anymore. But yes, go see this movie. You need to see Mad Max Fury Road. It's the best. Though I should mention, once you've seen it, there's a really hilarious thing. The members of the war, the bad guys war party, they have this, there's sort of this somewhat reference to this religion they have, basically, where they're like, you know, basically like, I will, you know, go to Val, they actually use Valhalla in it and they they when they're preparing to meet their maker they spray this like chrome colored paint on their faces and apparently people have been leaving leaving joke reviews for wilton uh like cake decorating color mist food color spray the silver stuff on amazon (laughs) making references to the movie so after you've seen the movie look that up on amazon (laughs) Oh dear. Okay, yeah, so moving on. So so in the last few weeks, which have been filled with moments of people doing what the fuck things when it comes to sexism, like, oh, I don't know, Disney making an entire toy out of the scene where Black Widow, like, rides a motorcycle out of a Quinjet, um, except the toy has Captain America riding the Quinjet, Quinjet, not Black Widow. And I think there was another one that does the same thing, but with Iron Man. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Disney, and your toy licensees, um, as well as the ACLU getting on Hollywood's case for uh, having sexist hiring bullshit, basically. There was one really cool uh, item of news that I saw that was more like, yay, female positive. Um, Mainly in that, of course, in the last month, we had the anniversary of the end of the Second World War. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we got introduced to a somewhat real life Peggy Carter. Joy Lofthouse is currently 92 years old. And she's one of the few surviving female pilots fly a Spitfire during the World War II. Woo! Yep, and she actually got to take to the skies again in a Spitfire at the beginning of May, along with a co-pilot. But yeah, she and her sister joined the Air Transport Auxiliary in 1943, and the Air Transport Auxiliary were basically women who were responsible for um, basically transporting planes to the front lines during World War II. So they would fly them over from, some of them flew them over from U.S. and Canada or from Britain to Europe. They were called the Atta Girls, weren't they? Yeah, ATA was the short form, so Atta Girl. They were frequently only given half an hour to familiarize themselves with an unfamiliar craft before takeoff. Dang! Yeah, this is from the, well, it's according to the the article in the Daily Mail that Mary Sue article we're looking at is quoting and it says that, like it says too that losses were were considerable they said it was like one in six so you know obviously a highly dangerous job but these women stepped up and got to fly like actual warplanes during the second world war like and i'm sure even though they were transporting i was like mm, them still they would they would have still been targets she said that once they were there once they were flying there was no sex discrimination mm-hmm. talk about your real life peggy carter yeah and it's so, it's so amazing that she got to actually fly in another one. Fly in yeah. a Spitfire again. 
And there's actually the Mary Sue article that we're looking at actually has video of it. And the look on her face as the plane's taking off is just, <laughs> I just love it. Yeah. All right, let's move into cravings, covets, and crushes. Okay. Somebody has a very pretty thingy that they wear on their head these days. <laughs> yes, and some people may have seen it in my my avatar, because naturally I changed my avatar. Yeah. Well, I would too if I had such a thing. Miss Karen has the official Agent Carter hat. Yeah, so for Agent Carter, as I'm sure... You know, anyone who has seen the promo pictures for it or has watched the, especially the first episode, Peggy had a really awesome red hat. It's a Stetson. The models what? have the Aviatrix. Okay. I was going to say, what what would you call it? Aviatrix. Okay. Yeah, the model name is the Aviatrix. And it was actually, it was a, a model that they made during the 1940s, which they remade for the show and have now reissued. Yep, no kidding. So you can get your own Peggy Carter red hat, and it's a wool hat, a red wool hat, like fedora style, with a little red, white, and blue sort of ribbon around the band. And you can actually, if you search for Stetson Aviatrix, you'll find a few different places you can get them. You can get them from the Stetson uh, website. You can get them from a few other places in the States. I got mine from a hat store in Niagara-on-the-Lake called Beau Chapeau. So any Canadians that are looking to order it, you can find it there. And it is amazing. <laughs> and I love it. And I actually ordered it, um, the illustrious Michelle or pre-ordered it. And she just got hers, like, she just got it a few months ago because it was hugely back-ordered, big surprise. And she got it, she wore it to a knit night. And I, later that night, went online and was like, okay, I really need to buy this because <laughs> I really want it. So and it, do- it looks it looks great on just about everybody. Yeah. But the funny thing is I bought it. And after I bought it, I then was like, oh, I'll check Twitter before I go to bed. And I look on Twitter and there's a whole bunch of people that are like, oh, my God, congratulations, Haley. Well, I'm like, oh, my God, did they scroll back, scroll back? That was when they announced that Agent Carter had been renewed. Yeah. I had bought, I happened to be buying the hat right when they announced it. So yes, so needless to say, I wore the hat with pride. Oh, and if you're in the, if you're in the Niagara area, or if you're in the Hamilton, Toronto area, one of the options for the Beau Chapeau is you can pick it up in store. So if you feel like making a little trip down to Niagara-on-the-Lake, which I would highly suggest because it's really cute. But yeah, it's a really nice hat. I'm actually, I'm going to Toronto tomorrow and I'm like, yay, it's going to be cool enough I can wear it. Yep. Yeah, because that's the only, ba- the only bad thing. It's been, like, super warm here since I got it. I haven't been able to wear it too much. Oh, I'm sure you're going to look absolutely luscious come fall. But it is amazing, and you bet your ass I will be wearing it to, like, any other major event we go to. <laughs> Warning, look for the red hat. Yeah, this is probably, if I if I manage to get to Re- Rhinebeck this year, that's probably going to be the thing you can look for to find me. Maybe they'll just look for the red Peggy Carter hat. So yeah, so that's the Stetson Aviatrix. Just Google that and you'll be able to find places online that are selling it. And it's about 80 to $90, depending on whether you're talking American or Canadian. Well, since we're talking about looking fashionable, how about a new shawl? Oh, well, new shawls are always fashionable. Okay, so we have here the Celtic Myth Shawl by Asita Krebs. A-S-I-T-A K-R-E-B-S the shawl's name again is Celtic Myths. It is a free pattern, and the shawl is has a Celtic knotwork going around the bottom, mm-hmm. and it looks like it is. Yep, it looks like a crescent shawl. Yep, and it is super pretty. Looks like it the is. top part is so basically you knit like a crescent shawl in sort of plain stockinette for the the top of it, and then it looks like the 
the knotwork cable is knit along the edge, sideways, attaching it to the, the bottom of the, the crescent-shaped shawl. It is really pretty. And if anybody is wanting to um, experiment, like, for the first time with Celtic knotwork, but it's a little bit intimidating to look at, this is done in DK yarn, so it's not very, very tiny stitches. Mm-hmm. And y- since you're only doing that one Celtic band a little at a time instead of repeating the motif sideways it looks like it would be a good introduction to celtic knotwork and knitting yeah it's super pretty i just added it to my queue it's been in my favorites for a while and i think it's gonna have to happen yeah i can totally see you making that it's just gonna have to happen okay speaking of pretty things we did have a few listeners who uh mentioned in the especially in the ravelry thread for the last episode that they have tried um, the brioche knitting technique that we mentioned in the the book we mentioned last time um, and have posted pictures of what they've done in the thread and the stuff they have done is gorgeous. Yeah, Amy, Ravelry name Nevermore, she posted a really pretty cowl that she did out of one of the uh, leaf patterns from Knitting Fresh Brioche. And then Jenna, who has the Ravelry name Jenna EO, posted pictures of a scarf that she did in what looks like Noro because there's subtle color changes along it yeah yeah that is really in the one in sort of the wavier patterns she said she took that she t- she took the online class on craftsy for it and that helped a lot too okay it is really pretty i so want to try this <laughs> too much reality in work not enough yarn yeah too much pretty oh and one quick little thing that i haven't sent to you maggie the june entry for the men in knitwear calendar for 2015 oh yeah was released and oh? it's called hulkin out <laughs> by thorn maiden designs it's a cowl and it's uh-huh. green and purple of course it is so people should go take a look at it especially because there's a cute cute guy in a lab coat it's h-u-l-k-i-n apostrophe o-u-t hello doctor <laughs> oh and that's nice knitting too mm-hmm. like, <laughs> oh hello Anyways, yeah. Yep, yeah. So we'll try not to get distracted by that. Oh, boy. Okay. Yes, speaking of uh, some some pretty, pretty stuff, there's also a Etsy group that I found that has some really pretty spinning fiber. I'm going there now. It's called Nanoco. N-U-N-O-C-O dot Etsy dot com. And they have some super pretty spinning bats. Wow. I love the purple one that's the first one on the page, the purple and black. Yep, yep. And they have some really lovely blended tops. Merino silk. And they also have something called the Secret Smorgling. Uh-huh. For Secret Smorgasbord, basically. Yeah. yeah. So what they do is you get 160 grams in total, which is of a mini box of randomly selected samples. Mm-hmm. So you get like one 25 gram mini bat, one 25 gram bat dropping, as they call <laughs> it, which I will click on in a minute to tell you what that is. Uh, two 25 gram mixed roving packs and six 10 gram blended tops. So you basically get like a mystery box full of different yep. samples of fiber that they have. Yeah. And the bat droppings that they mentioned are actually, um, they're made up of the random bits of the bats that get right. left behind on the, like on the blending board yep. on the, the bat the drum carter so they say that they're good for people who are new to spinning or to those who would like to try textured spinning experimenting with random fibers or for those who like surprises 
And it's basically, it's a random thing. So, you know, you basically order it, but you won't know like exactly what color it'll be because it'll just be little bits of whatever was was left over and sort of blended together. They also have uh, little sampled things of uh, merino wool top or other things so that you can actually blend your own bats. Ooh, the blue jade green bat on the first page. It's near the bottom of the first page. It's so pretty. But yeah, so their stuff is gorgeous. And they're from North Wales. So people who are in Europe might get better deal on the shipping. So yeah, so people who are in Europe might want to take a look at this place because it's really pretty stuff and it probably won't cost as much for shipping for you guys. Looking at all of this just has my fingers twitchy. Yeah, I know. I kind of want to spin all of it. I just realized what you wrote on the last bit. Hmm? Karen got this from the library and is rubbing it all over herself and nerdy <laughs> I just saw that. <laughs> yes. I should not expect anything less, I suppose. No. And finally, um, one book that I recently got from the library is Sock Architecture by Lara Neal and published by Cooperative Press. And it's basically sort of something for like really nerdy sock knitters who want to like do their own thing with socks and try a whole bunch of different heels and different toes and see, figure out what ones look, work well for them and for their patterns. She's got a whole bunch of heel and toe options for different socks, both from the top down and from the toe up. And, you know, some of them are historical or regional styles of, of heels. It's really cool. I haven't been able to do like a deep dive into it, but it's super nerdy. And I kind of, I kind of want to like rub it all over myself. This is, this is totally your thing. Yes, it is. Yes. And I kind of want to like get some sock yarn that I got in a, in one of the like sock clubs. Uh Uh-huh. And like, just make a tube and try out all the different heel turns and things using this tube just to experiment with all of them because they look really cool. You'll have to give us a review after you uh, try out a couple. Yeah, I just haven't had time to try them out because work has still been crazy. Yeah. I started another course. I was tempted not to this summer. And I was like, no, I should keep going. So yeah, and I'm probably, and especially because I'm, I'm probably going to buy this one for me so maybe i'll be able to do the deep dive after i've actually bought it okay okay so i think that's it finally we've got one um send out or request to the populace there has been a couple of mentions about doing a swap within the knit one geek two sort of like listen listening base Mm -hmm. so we are asking if you guys would be interested in a swap happening probably do a large or a long lead time, say about three months. Yeah. And, um... Because Lord obviously... knows neither of us would be able to get anything prepared in very short Oh, time. good Lord. And we also have to consider that, okay, if that takes us into fall, where that is for people who deal with school schedules, mm-hmm. and we can't leave it too late because then it gets into the whole holiday situation and, you know, thus in opens up a whole nother thing of chaos but would people be interested in a knit one geek to swap within the listener base so let us know yep um in the in the comments probably for this episode yep and if you have suggestions like keep it you know we did this in my swap or keep it to you know i think this month would be a really good time for the swap to actually occur send us your ideas and if you're interested yep please do all right peeps i think that's it yeah <laughs> and hopefully again we will be able to get onto a more regular schedule with this yep hopefully we will have we'll have to just make some sort of sacrifice of circuit boards or something to the technology gods and hope that we can appease them i don't know <laughs> what we did i don't know in- man in some past life. Or within the last couple months, because it's been within the last couple months. 
Yeah. This is all descended so. on us. Okay. Talk to you later, everybody. Yep. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes or our show notes at our blog, knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1. G-E-E-K-2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also find them at our Ravelry group. Just search Knit One Geek 2 in Ravelry's groups feature. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can leave a comment at the blog, comment on our Ravelry group, or you can send us an email at knitonegeek2 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at knitonegeek2. Thanks, and keep geeking on!